Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we'll be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Ben McKenna, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the latest football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at ypsport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. Yorkshirepost.co.uk So uh, this week we'll be reviewing the transfer activities of our Yorkshire clubs and we're also going to see how um, they could be, uh, well, we're going to check and talk to our panel uh, regarding how we see the rest of the season panning out for them. Uh, so let's kick off in the Premier League um, and we start with Leeds United who have seen a number of new arrivals uh, with Maximilian Verba, uh, Jorginho Rutter uh, joining permanently with uh, Weston McKenney uh, joining on loan until the end of the season. Um, while seeing a number of players such as Diego Riorente, um, Gelhard, uh, Joe Gelhard uh, leaving on loan and seeing a fan favourite in Mateus Klisch leaving permanently, um, Diogo Montero has also joined uh, from Servette uh, and will uh, start with the under-21s. Um, I have to say, I think this is the most active that Leeds have been in the transfer window uh, for a number of years. Um, how confident are you that Marsh now has the right players to remain in the Premier League, Stuart? Well, I think I think he's got the players he, wa- he wants. Um, you know, it, you one thing you would say about this window is there's absolutely no question that the Leeds United board are backing their manager. Um, you know, we've, we've, heard, we've heard all the talk from him over the last few months about how things are progressing, they're getting clearer tactically and so on and so forth. Um, it, it's all there for him now. You know, there's no, uh, there's no excuses. He's got to turn promising performances in, into results. And, and, you know, the way performances have been... It doesn't feel like it will take that much to turn before they can go on a really good run. But that is the most difficult step to make. Um, but when all said and done, if Marsh, if Marsh, it, you know, doesn't succeed this season, if this season ends up being called a disappointment, he can't say it, w- it was because he wasn't supported by the board. It can't say he can't say it was because he didn't have the have the right players at his disposal. You know. He's been uh, he's been given to, given the tools to do the job, and now it's just a case of getting on with the job. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, when you look at what Leeds have done in the market, they've addressed issues that they probably would have wanted to to address in in the summer. You know, with with the Wober coming in at, at left back and and, and Rudder up front, and you know. Adding someone like Weston McKinney in, into the midfield can can never do any harm. Uh, granted, he probably hasn't had the, the six months at Juventus that he that, he, that he'd have wanted. So I wouldn't say that's a bad thing because he's coming to Leeds with, with a bit of a point to prove, and you'd hope he could settle in quickly. Given you know you've got an American as the coach, and then Aronson and, and Adams there as well to, to help him settle settle in quickly. And it's just a case of the boards done their job and it's, it's about Martian and, and those new signings doing their job now for the rest of the season. Mm. 
I mean, the big the big thing is that they've addressed a couple of areas that have really been neglected for far too long. S- certainly, centre forward and sort of in a in a sort of halfway left back. Obviously, Boba's not a not a specialist there, but you know these are these are two areas that needed looking at for an awful awfully long time, and they, they've they've gone ahead and done it. You know, they've they've sort of carried on with with Ruter with their sort of policy and with Montero with their policy of sort of getting young players who who they think they can develop. Everything's going along the lines of a, of, of a of a clear strategy. Everyone seems to be thinking along along the, the same lines, which is which is what you want from a football club. You know, um, I say it, it, it's just now a case of just making that 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 final step because there have been some good performances this season, but there haven't been enough good results, uh, and it's it's now time to put that together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, now we turn our attention to the Championship and Sheffield United is our first stop uh, in the division. Um, and they've kept fairly quiet during this window, I must be honest, um, with Redekadra, um having been uh, recalled by his parent club, Birmingham City, and Willa Sula uh, returning from Derby County. Um, with them still in the FA Cup and uh, still flying high in the Championship, um, do they have enough to maintain their push for promotion, Ben? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. You look at, <clears throat> excuse me, you look at the, the the way the team have played in the in the first half of the season. You, you know, the biggest thing for Sheffield United this month was was keeping players, not not signing players. Granted, someone to replace Kadra would have, would have been nice, and it's probably not ideal to to have a bit of a gap there. But at the end of the day, I think most Sheffield United fans would have taken. Uh, Sander Burge and 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 die staying over any anyone coming in and you know they've got such a big gap to third place. They've got that replay against Wrexham at home uh, to set up a potential game with with Tottenham uh, in, in the fifth round of the FA Cup and you know the squad that they have has has achieved so much already this season and the squad that squad that they have is definitely good enough to to keep that momentum because they have they have so much. So much of a cushion, even the sides below them might have been bringing players in to try, to try and catch up. But you'd have to say you'd be very disappointed as a Sheffield United fan if from this point they weren't they weren't promoted. Granted, no one surrounding Sheffield United would would want to say say that bit out loud. You know, things matter. Things have, have happened in football, but the team they have is definitely good enough to, to keep up that momentum and get them back into the Premier League again. Hmm. Yeah, and, and and the point is, Ben, it's it's not just the team, is it? It's the squad. There's so much depth in that squad. You know, when you look at the injuries they had in the first half of the season, that squad has carried them through it. So I think you know, if you said to a, if you said to a Sheffield United fan at the start of the window, you're going to lose one player. It's going to be a fringe forward who hasn't really featured much. It's it's not the perfect transfer window, but I think as most Sheffield United fans, you take that. You know, if you talk to them on Sunday night after Sanderberg was left out of the Wrexham squad, I think a few of them would have been panicking with the financial situation around the club, with the transfer embargo that's in place there, that Sanderberg was going to be sold, undersold late on, or Illimund and Dye was, and, you know, they were going to get a, a substandard um, replacement in uh, at cut price. That would have... That, that sort of mindset from the board is probably one of the few things that you would worry about 
um, derailing Sheffield United just because of the sort of psychological impact it would have. Instead, again, they've backed the manager. The manager said to them repeatedly, publicly and in private, please, please keep this squad together. You know, the, the benefits, financial benefits of getting to the Premier League far outweigh, you know, the, uh, the, the benefits of take, you know, taking a step now. They've listened to him and they, they, they've done as he's, he's asked. It's again, it, it, it's all you could ask for, really. And as, as Ben says, they're in they're in such a comfortable situation. It's it's really hard to see them not uh, not going up from from this position. The, the biggest threat to them would be some sort of destabilizing decision. And, and thankfully, having sort of appeared to flirt with it at the weekend, they've they've shied away from that. Hmm. And uh, next, we turn our attention to Middlesbrough, who have hit a rich vein of form under Michael Carrick. Um, and they've brought in Dan Balassa from Rotherham United and Loney's from Aston Villa, uh, Cameron Archer and Aaron Ramsey. Um, with Massimo Luongo um, going to Ipswich Town and Duncan Watmore uh, leaving for Millwall, um, is it fair to say that these could be the last pieces uh, in the jigsaw for the club, Stuart? Yeah, and, uh, to be honest, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised that they that they didn't do more, just because you know they've got a, a different manager in since the last transfer window, playing in a slightly different way. But you know the results Carrick has had with this squad of players probably justified not doing too much. I think ba- Barlaze is a, a really good player, um, should should be able to learn an awful lot from Michael Carrick, who's a similar. Similar style of midfielder himself, and we'll just add that that bit of quality. And I think uh, Cameron Archer and Aaron Ramsey have come in on loan from Aston Villa. Should both just give them a little bit, a little bit more cutting edge up front. Just some, uh, just some options to options to change things really. So yeah, you know, losing what more. I think what more did very well for Middlesbrough for the for the time he was there, and Middlesbrough did very well for what more, and it was. Sort of fair, fair enough to uh, to not hold him back and uh, and let him move on. Yeah, I think you know again like Sheffield United, although not not to quite the same extent. I think it was a window where where not much was needed. So um, so yeah, you, I think I think you'd be pretty pleased with that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I just kind of agree with with what Stuart said there. Um, the way Carrick has got Middlesbrough playing is, is, is really impressive. You know, if you take where, uh, if you look at the table from when Carrick took over Middlesbrough, would be right up there with within a shout of automatic promotion. Uh, that per run of form, as it did last season when it prevented them missing the playoffs, that per run of form at the start seemed, seemed to have cost them a top two spot. But, you know, if they can get into the playoffs with the, the way they've been playing, they'll, they'll surely fancy their their chances of, of getting up. And you know they've made they made a few decent signings as well. It's like like Stuart said with Arlasser. I think Rotherham did make the right decision to to let him go if he wasn't going to if he wasn't going to stay in the summer. That it was right for them to to probably get a decent a decent enough fee for him. Uh, and he, he he'll definitely help Middlesbrough as, as they kind of look to kind of make sure they're in that top six coming in this season. Mm. Yeah, and uh, Hull City is where we turn uh, our attention to next, uh, with the arrivals uh, including Malcolm Ebioe, uh, Carl Darlow, and Aaron Connolly, uh, and the departures um, 
of Randall Williams moving to Bolton Wanderers. Do you feel that they, they've now trimmed their squad uh, uh, as we said that they should, Stuart? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Randall Williams. Actually, a very long list of players who were either, you know, loaned out, sold or had their loans cancelled sort of thing. It, it looks a more, it just looks a more sensible squad. I mean, the, the frustration for them was that um, they were they were in for the Marseille winger, Conrad De La Fuente, and basically just left it too late. They left themselves with too much business to do on deadline day. And they did an awful lot last year. And uh, they said it, they tr- well they did they did a lot this year but but not everything that they uh, that they wanted to and um, but yeah it just it just feels like we've we've sort of moved on from the last window of all trying to play fantasy football in the transfer market to just a sensible approach of look you know identifying what they need a few of them are, are players that um, that Liam Rossini has worked with before and, and knows well and just sort of being laser focused in on the targets they need getting Carl Darlow in he should be a really good uh, good signing for them you know good steadying influence as a as a goalkeeper Aaron Connolly I think probably most people saw as a bit of a risk he was a disappointment at, at Middlesbrough his, his whole career to date really has not fulfilled his potential but the fact he got a couple of goals the other day uh, is a really positive sign that you know he can get some confidence, and Rossini can get the best out of him. Again, I think it's I think it's been a, a decent window. I think you can you can always you can always look for a bit more. You know, a, a left back would have been uh, would have been great to be able to bring in, but they've not they've not overextended themselves. They've not got players in for the sake of getting players in like they did in the past, and that's got to be a step in the right direction. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's helpful as well. The pressure is probably off them a little bit more, given that they've got an eleven-point gap to to the relegation places now. After hitting a good bit of form, that it gives senior a bit a bit of time, a bit more time to to work with a, a squad that kind of he's trying to mould and through through his methods. And they might even think that they're in with an outside shot of the playoffs. You know, they're they're only six points off off Blackburn, um, despite being in, in 15th. So, I think it would be a pretty positive second half to to the season for Hull. There's a there's a lot of pressure off them. They can kind of work things out a bit more. And I don't know how seniors think about maybe looking a bit ahead to next season and already plotting about what they want to do in the, in the summer transfer window. It's probably for them. It's probably just about getting to that points tally where they'll feel they'll be safe from relegation and then planning for next season. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about the pressure being off Ben simply because when Ajanil Jali bought the club in August of last year, they were basically in a relegation battle, and he was talking about the playoffs then. So you know when when you say the playoffs are in sight, I, I'm I'm sure there will be excitement whipped up around it. I think that's sort of the price on the ticket of of life at Hull at, at the moment. There will be that that desire to 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 gatecrash the the playoffs, but you know so be it. That's that's what playing for Hull at the moment means, and you'd rather you'd rather the excitement of that than the sort of drudgery of just a just a, a mid-table season. But yeah, so long as so long as Rossini can sort of keep his head, which I'm absolutely certainly be able to be, and just focus on the the longer term job and not get swept up in the excitement. Uh, I think uh, I think that I think that's the thing. I, I think that's the 
the sort of the balance that Hull have got to strike. And I do feel they got it wrong at the at the start of the season. I do feel a lot more confident that they can get it right now. Rossini's in charge. Mm. Yeah. And uh, next, we turn our attention to Rotherham United, who have seen a number of new arrivals, including uh, Leo Helder on loan from Leeds United. And uh, with Dan Balassa going out uh, on loan to Middlesbrough, as previously discussed, um, do you feel that the Millers have, have done enough to help uh, their survival challenge, Ben? Yeah, I, I definitely think they, they do. You know, they got two players in on, on deadline day and, and Billy Wright and uh, Dominguez Kenya on loan respectively from, from Sunderland and Watford, you know. Kenya's been at Barnsley, he's, he's, he's shown in flashes that he could be an excellent player for them and you've mentioned Leo Hyde, but I'm thinking the impact that Sean Morrison has had since his arrival, you know, rather amend of January with four points from a possible six uh, and that was a home game against Blackburn and a away game at Watford two sides that you expect to kind of be up there and in around the top six come the end of the season. So it was something that the results were something that they've really needed. Now they've got the signings that they probably need. Losing Barlasser obviously is a, is a big blow, but I think that with, with the signings they've made, they'll definitely be, be able to cope with it. And they themselves have, have built a little bit of a cushion to, to the relegation places, you know, five points clear of, of Huddersfield. <coughs> do you have a game in hand, as do Blackpool, who sit on the same number of, of points as Huddersfield. So I think they've they've done enough, and it's, it's just about kind of Matt Taylor continuing to kind of work with the squad and get, get his ideas across more. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Ben alluded to it earlier. I think the question with regards to should you or should you not sell, sell, sell Dan Barley, so when he's in the last six months of his contract, I think I think probably a lot of fans would look at it and say, only if you spend the money wisely and, you know, effectively um, selling Barley. So has allowed them to buy Jordan Hugill, who is a, you know, a proven championship goal scorer. They've, they've needed that, you know, reliability in front of goals since Michael Smith uh, left. We know how hard it is to get somebody, you know, with that sort of record on, on Rotherham's budget. I think it's been, I think, you know, that piece of business in isolation has been, has been a really good piece of business. I think just generally, they've got some some solid players in. You know, Ben mentioned Sean Morrison. Um, you know, it's a bit of a blow for them that he's already picked up an injury, but nevertheless, a good a good character to have, a good steadying influence, and and you feel like Bailey Wright is in the same sort of uh, same sort of mould for them. It, they've just been able to just make the squad feel a bit more like a. Um, a Matt Taylor squad than a than a Paul Warren squad, which I think was the sort of main objective going into this. And it, you know, in terms of in terms of Keener, we were talking on last week's podcast about maybe maybe Barnsley should uh, sort of gamble on on a, on a loan signing from the Premier League to try and bring it some attacking flair on the basis that it may work, it may not. Well, Keener, although he's come from Watford, not from the Premier League to me, very much fits that bill. You know, he's a player who can just give them that bit extra that they'll, they'll lose with bar laser going. And let's be honest about it, there is, a, there is a chance that it might not work, but it's certainly well worth the gamble. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, our next team on the list is Huddersfield Town. Um, and with the Terriers bringing in, uh, or being one of the more uh, active teams in bringing in a large number of players, notably Anthony Knockhart from Fulham and Martin Waghorn from Coventry City, um, I also saw uh, Sorba Thomas amongst a number of departures. Um, does this transfer window reflect the concern uh, for their current league position, Stuart? Absolutely, it does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a reaction to to their league position that I think a lot of us weren't really expecting because we you know we know that times are hard financially at, at Huddersfield right now. And you know, granted, I don't think they've paid a paid a fee for any of the players they brought in. We're talking about loans and free transfers, but nevertheless, you know, they've they've invested a decent decent chunk of wages. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of getting these players in to get Thomas Fatchley, the uh, the Czech first choice goalkeeper, in the last few hours of of the window is the one that really stands out for me because earlier in the window, you know, they, one thing they did was get players in very early, and it was looking like they were having a good window. And then when we found out Lee Nichols needed shoulder surgery, you know, that suddenly left you wondering because Nichols is such a big player for them, um, how that would leave them. But to to get in a replacement of that caliber on a free transfer was was great business and it just it just feels to me like it, it looks a bit more like the Carlos Corberan squad of last season in terms of the sort of balance between you know experience and now and exciting younger players whereas in the summer after they lost Toffolo after they lost O'Brien when Matty Pearson was injured it just felt like a, a squad that was there were too many players finding their way around the championship uh, trying to bed in, and they didn't—they didn't seem to have that that nous really for a for a championship relegation battle. I feel as though now uh, they they do they do have that. Yeah. Yeah, and like going on from from what you just said there, Stuart. I think when you look at the list of players that they brought in, it's a bit longer than, than some clubs given their league position. But it doesn't feel scattergun. It doesn't feel like it's just like right, this person's available, let's bring them in. This person's available, let's bring them in, just to try try and help. You know, I think as as a head coach knows what he wants, and he's he's like as as we can see from John Russell leaving for Barnsley uh, in the an hour and a half after the deadline had passed. Uh, I think that's the thing. They they do have experienced players in there at championship level that that they will need. You know their their league position isn't um, insurmountable at the minute. There's there's a lot of games left, and I think they have shown in flashes uh, that that they are capable of, of maybe putting a run together. But that's got to happen sooner than later, as, as we all know, because even though there is time left, it is starting to run out. Yeah. And you know another thing, Russell being one of them. There's a couple of players left yesterday with some pretty scathing comments. Um, Aaron Rowe was another one from from Lee Bromby and Mark Fotheringham about you know various aspects of their character. So it seems like they've sort of um, they've sort of got those characters out of the, out of the squad. You know whether it be temporarily or permanently, and maybe got hopefully got from their perspective a, a better a better work ethic, a more a more united group. Um, you know that sometimes that's as important as getting players in. Just getting players, you know, we've seen it at Manchester City where they've they've got rid of one of the best fullbacks in the world because they, you know, they didn't feel he was sort of contributing in the right way to the, the chemistry of the squad. It seems on, the, on their own level, uh, Huddersfield have done that. May, you know, maybe that explains 
Sorba Thomas's uh, departure on loan. I'm, I'm not sure. He certainly didn't go with those sorts of comments. Uh, but yeah, it, it it just feels like again saying this a lot um, today seems to be in a strangely positive mood. But it, it does feel like another club where they 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 back the manager and they've sort of tailored a squad to his um, to his requirements. Mm. And next we turn our attention to League One, uh, and firstly to Sheffield Wednesday, who seem to have taken a similar approach uh, to their city neighbours, uh, with little activity coming from the side. Um, the only arrival uh, mainly being uh, Aidan Flint, coming in on loan from Stoke City. Um, do you think Darren Moyes is already satisfied with the squad that he's got, and um, and basically the, the performances that they're sort of churning out, Ben? He'll certainly be be happy with the, the performances as, as well as the results. Um, they seem to put that run together. That's 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 given them a real shot at, at getting back into the, the championship. I think overall, Murs probably is happy with the squad, but there will be a sense of disappointment from deadline day yesterday. I think they were Sheffield Wednesday were expecting at least one new player in. They were strongly linked with, uh, you know, a uh, player from Celtic and. Celtic manager had said that the players who uh, weren't playing would, would would be free to to go if it was right, and then it, it came out, you know, late afternoon that, that a potential deal a potential deal was off for Stephen Welsh is, is the man they were after. You know, I think he'd only played six games in all competitions, so he fell firmly in the bracket of someone who hadn't been playing regularly for Celtic, who, who looked like he could be. Coming to Sheffield Wednesday, you know, they lost Mark McGuinness as he was recalled by Cardiff. And that, that is a big miss, especially for a club that plays with, with three centre-backs a lot of the time. They probably could have done with, with at least one more in case there was an injury. Cause then they might be looking at like a little bit of a crisis if they do suffer one or two knocks. Yeah, I, I, I feel like on January the 1st, Sheffield Wednesday had pretty much the right balance of squad in terms of in terms of numbers and, and covering positions, as Ben's alluded to, you know, with Ben Hennigan's injury and what have you, that possibly possibly injuries making them just slightly lighter at centre back, but pretty much the right formula. Darren Moore sort of made a very concerted effort this season to not have too big a squad, to have what he feels are the right numbers. So I kind of feel as though they needed to leave the month with those numbers the same. And, you know, they brought Flint in for McGuinness. But they haven't replaced Mighton, and I, I just feel they could have done with uh, with someone who could play right right wing back. I know that wasn't the only job Mighton did for the team. I think that's the one area they were lacking. I wouldn't be amazed if they don't at least cast an eye over the free agent market to see if there's anything there. But I mean, they did that a bit last season with sort of mixed results. Um, I, I, I think, I think. Moore is slightly more reluctant this season, I think, I think because of some of the signings that didn't come off. But then, by the same token, he had Michael Hector in uh, training when he, he'd been sort of out of work for half a season. So they, they've cl- they're clearly still open to that idea. I just, fe- I just feel, given that they've gone with such a small squad, one, one more body, I say, to do, to do that right-sided job would have been really good. But... Um, Again, like 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 Sheffield United, they were starting from a pretty pretty solid base. They didn't they didn't need that much. I don't think it's um, 
I, I certainly don't think it's a window to panic about from their perspective. No, no. And uh, next in League One, uh, we turn to Barnsley, who have been very busy and uh, strengthened their squad with a number of players coming on contracts and on loan uh, loan deals, whilst allowing a number of existing uh, squad members uh, to move on. Um, do, do you feel that this uh, should be enough for the Tykes to continue their playoff push, Stuart? Um, I would hope so. I think I think going into this window, I mean, you know, really throughout the first half of the season, Leon and I said often on this podcast that we felt they were a little bit light up front. Well, they managed to bring in Ollie Shaw and Max Waters to to try and address that. So that was good. Uh, you know, the fact that they got Waters in early as well, along with, you know, people like Barry Cotter and Bobby Thomas. Russell is an interesting one because he was very good for... Huddersfield in the second half of last season and he's been very disappointing for them in the first half of this. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get the best out of him. But certainly if they do, um, you know, he should, he should be a really good, really good player at, at League One level. Yeah, it feels like a, it feels like a, a, a good window from them. It's, you know, it's a shame that they lost Jack Walton, but it's a difficult job being a, a number two goalkeeper and you can understand why they didn't, uh, Hold him back when that opportunity came in. They did, they did get a replacement in in Harry Eisted. So yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think it, uh, not not an amazing window, but I think a decent window for Barnsley. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I just agree with with what Stuart said on that. Um, I think most Barnsley fans will be pretty satisfied. They won't be sad basking in, in any sort of glory today after after the deadline but I think they'll definitely be pretty, be pretty pleased and if you're looking at someone like, like John Russell who, who they brought in who we've mentioned if he can produce the, the level of performance he did for Huddersfield Town in the second half of last season then you know <clears throat> that will be a huge huge addition to Barnsley and could, could make a real strong impact for, for them going for that top six because it is pretty tight in and around where they are and even just one extra sign and one extra body could could make the difference come May. Yeah. And uh, next we turn to League Two. Uh, firstly, to Bradford City, um, and what appears to be sort of a merry-go-round of ins and outs at the club. Uh, amongst the arrivals, Adam Clayton has come in uh, from Doncaster Rovers, and Matt Derbyshire from uh, Northeast United. Uh, the departures include Lee Angle and uh, Levi Sutton. Uh, and with the burden of expectation high on Mark Hughes this season, have they got enough to meet it, Ben? It's hard to it's hard to know. Um, Bradford have been somewhat inconsistent. I think there might be a sense of disappointment from some sections of the support that they kind of are where they are on the table. It's not a it's not a it's not a bad position, but when you look at their sitting 10 points off third place. Um, some might feel that's pretty disappointing. Granted, they do have, have games in hand over all of the sides above them, bar Stevenage, who are in second. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's very hard for me, personally. Any Anytime I look at Bradford and try to predict what's going to happen, I always end up wrong. So uh, I might leave that, leave that one to Stu. <laughs> as, as the expert in being wrong, you mean? Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> I think I think in regard in regards to Bradford, you know, Ben City on the head, they're looking for consistency. Well, to me, if you're looking for consistency, bringing seven players in in mid season is not going to achieve that. Like you know, likewise clearing clearing similar numbers out, 
you know, I think I think in Adam Clayton, I think they made an excellent signing. You know, uh, I saw his debut for Bradford, and it just reinforced my uh, sort of puzzlement as to why uh, Doncaster Rovers didn't think he could he could do a job for them. Um, but it it just feels I don't know. It just feels at times, uh, sometimes with Bradford, as though they they just can't leave a transfer window alone. You know, and we've talked about a couple of our clubs now. You know, both both the Sheffield clubs and Middlesbrough, where the art for them has been in not doing too much. And uh, it, it feels like Bradford have gone the other way. The proof will be in the pudding. It's not to, it's not to knock any of the any of the individual players, but it's just a question of of whether too many too many are trying to uh, acclimatise at, at once. But I think the biggest thing for Bradford is 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 less about players in and players out, and more about what's happening with Andy Cook and whether Mark Hughes can get Andy Cook back in the goal-scoring form we saw before November and playing regularly in the team because uh, at the moment it just feels like they're not making... They're, they're neither making the most of him as a player nor have they cashed in on him as they have with the likes of Angle and a few others um, by selling him. So I think I think they need to address that. I mean, I've spoken to Mark Hughes about it a couple of times uh, recently and he seems very relaxed and, you know, he said after the uh, game at Stockport, well... Uh, will get games, you know. There's there's a big big list of, uh, of fixtures coming up. Kind of nothing to see here, really. But um, it's been a while now since he since we saw you know the Andy Cook that that we sort of came to know and love earlier in the season. Um, Bradford need to get that back as much as anything else, and, and you know trying to give game time to the you know the likes of the likes of Matt Derbyshire. Uh, you know, Thierry, Thierry Nevers, Dara Costello, as they get up to speed, isn't necessarily going to help with that with that process. But if I think if they can get that cracked, that will be that will be probably more important than than anything they do in the transfer market this month. Hmm. And uh, our next port of call is Doncaster Rovers, who, although sitting midway uh, in the table, are only five points off the playoffs. Um, the arrival of three players on loan and. Uh, Keelan Lavery uh, from Scunthorpe. Uh, is this enough for them to sort of keep up their momentum, Stuart? Well, we'll just have to see. I mean, it feels like another very sort of cut price window at Doncaster Rovers. You know, you, you couldn't accuse them of, of overextending themselves at the moment. You know, the flip side of that is they're, they're you know, behaving with financial realism which is you know what we were praising Rotherham for earlier but um, obviously Lavery's had a, had a really good first half of the season in the conference with Scunthorpe can he transfer that to League 2 he, he's a player who's who's been very nomadic in his career you know popped up in Yorkshire a number of times not not really not really you know nailed things down yet so hopefully hopefully he can come to the fore without sort of disrupting George George Miller in terms of Todd Miller, who they've signed, he's on loan from Brighton. He's clearly a very talented player. I mean, Brighton are doing an excellent job at the moment of, of churning out good players. But um, it's his. He's, he ha- I think he had to he had one one senior appearance earlier in his career. But this is effectively his first. Well, this is his first loan. Effectively, his first dip into senior football. You're never quite sure how those loans are going are going to get go. You know, we saw that with Max Waltman. You tend to be a lot more confident about a player's second loan, and again, you know, with Ben Ben Nelson and James Brown, we'll have to wait and see. Really, I, I think 
I think it really is a suck it and see window from from Doncaster Rovers. As, as I've said, I, I think that, that moving Adam Clayton on was a mistake. But if these young lads come in and uh, and show the promise they've obviously got, then you know maybe I might have to eat my words. Mm. It's kind of hard to see what <clears throat> what the, the rest of the season holds for Doncaster if if they can't put a bit of a run together. They're, they're five points off 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 the top seven as as things stand I think it would will be a bit of a disappointment if they don't make it granted that's more with a lens of me looking through an August lens rather than, than a January lens given everything a February lens I should say given everything that, that's ha- happened with, with McSheffer being sacked and Scoville coming in uh, but yeah just kind of echo what, what, what Stu said it's 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 really hard to tell if, if it is the right decision and We'll only really know no come May if, if letting the likes of Clayton go was was the right call from Doncaster. Hmm. It's it's kind of hard to get a handle on on Doncaster's ambition really because McSheffrey was sacked essentially because they were worried about missing out on promotion. This isn't a transfer window which screams we, we we're desperate to make up this gap to the promotion places. So whether those ambitions have changed in 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 light of just the realities of betting in a new manager. Or whether they think this is going to do the trick. I mean, you know, a bit like uh, a bit like Hull, you know, well, a bit like a lot of teams uh, in in the football league. The playoffs are the playoffs are rarely rarely out of sight, um, but it, certainly they 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 feel they feel short of short of, uh, of that standard at the moment. Well, let's say we'll have to wait and see if these new lads change that. And uh, finally for this week, we turn to Harrogate Town, who <laughs> are struggling to pull away from the uh, bottom of the table. Um, they've brought in a number of players, including Matty Folds on loan from Bradford City. Uh, a number of players have moved out of the club, um, but how do you see their prospects of sort of keeping their uh, league status, Ben? I think they've definitely tried to to address their league position like Huddersfield Town have. In, in the market, their position isn't as detrimental as, as things stand, but it is quite tight. You know, if you look at the bottom of the table between 19th and 24th, there's only six points. Um, and if any team can put a bit of a run together, but together they'll get themselves away from that. You know, they've brought in Levi Sutton as well on deadline day. Um, or is it just before deadline day? I'm, I'm, I'm losing track of, of, of it was on deadline day, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think they 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 definitely understand that that, that they need to do something. Um, and yeah, they Simon Weaver's a, a good coach. He, he he knows how to get get the best out of players. And uh, I think when they're signing players from the likes of Bradford, who have that experience in in League Two, that's it's definitely going to be be a positive for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like in League Two, as we say it. Every every transfer window, Bradford City rip up their club, uh, their squad, and start again. It feels like every transfer window in the in this football league era, Harrogate sort of shuffle the pack defensively in in search of the right formula. I mean, you know, this month they've got Eastman, Folds, O'Connor, and Sims in to try and to try and sort the defence out, and they they just they just haven't yet hit on that right formula. But you know, as 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 Ben sort of alluded to there, with every window that goes on. They sort of build up a bit more football league now, springing a few more players with experience. Obviously, Levi Sutton and Anthony O'Connor, as Bradford fans can tell you, will sort of greatly add to that uh, 
that 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 knowledge that football league now that they need. Um, Kazim Olegbi from uh, Southampton looks like quite an exciting lone player. You know, with regards to what I said about Todd Miller last, uh, he was a player that they actually tried to sign for his first loan in the summer. They missed out on him. He went to Ross County, and now they've got him on his second loan. So, you know, by my theory of earlier, that should they should be getting a better a better player and a, and a better signing. But it's just a case of can they find that right chemistry. At the back, because uh, you know, I think they've got some. I think they've got some exciting, exciting options up front if they can have that foundation of uh, shutting the door behind them. YorkshirePost.co.uk. Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Ben McKenna, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves, and bye for now.